Yes, he did. He works it out every time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. My God, my God, I praise thee. And I worship thee, O oh Lord. And I bless your name. And I thank you, Jesus. And I thank you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, give God a big hand. All right. I want to take a look at God's word tonight. Turning to 1 John, now, if you have trouble finding that, go to the book of Revelation and work your way backwards a few pages, and you'll come to 3 John, then 2 John, and then 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. <clears throat> First John chapter 2 and verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Everybody said us. You're going to see that pronoun used five times in this verse. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There are many examples of difficult times, challenging times, moments when people of God are, are faced with decisions, and we all want to, I, I hope we all want to make the right decision in that moment when it's upon us, that we won't be caught wondering what to do, what should I do, what should I do. There are times when really the answer to that should be crystal clear, should not be a difficult decision. I'm going to read to you from the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Everybody said amen. Went on to say that there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Even to the same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one, that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, comma, thousand years later, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now, what Daniel was given here in our 
way of thinking and dimension in which we deal, it was a long time to come. But in God's eyes, you know, we might have to liken it to a blink of an eye. For one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Trying to show you that time doesn't really have an existence in eternity. And that there will be a world without end. And before there, before there was, shall we say, a foundation of this earth, before there was a creation of planet earth, before our God, whose name is Jesus Christ, before he began to say, let there be, and there was, for an example, light, there was a war that broke out in heaven. And we get glimpses from the word of God. It was a, great, it was a time of great trouble. It was a time when the enemy begin to infiltrate among the holy angels of God. And unfortunately, some of the angels weren't so holy at that time. And uh, they begin to be approached by Lucifer. And he was ex exceedingly slick of tongue. He was very smooth with his words. He, in God's mind, before the foundation of the world, he not only was a dragon, but he was that old serpent, the devil. The Lord knows the beginning to the end. And he knew that this time of testing would come. And as Satan began to move among the ranks of the host of heaven, and of course the scripture teaches us this war that broke out, there were those that stood with God. There were those that stood with Michael, if you please. There were those that were on the right side. And that's what you and I want to know. We want to know the right side. And we always want to be on the side of right. Not carnal right, not bragging rights, but we want, I had a man tell me the other day, he pointed to something going out the front door, and he said, and that is not politically correct. And I said, and I don't care about being politically correct. I said, I care about being spiritually correct. Amen. So we want to be in the right in the spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is not a liar. God is truth, and we're going to be on the truthful side. We're going to be on the right side of things, and there were those that were, I want to say, unaffected. I won't say that they didn't feel the, the sickness and the flu-like nausea that uh, one feels when, you're, when the flu bug is floating around and you start feeling uneasy. And you, I don't know what it, I don't know sometimes what to liken it to, just that everything feels kind of queasy and you start feeling feverish. Maybe it comes and goes. And you might get a something affecting your sinuses along with it, which begins to affect other things in your, in your body, like your throat, your stomach. So I won't say that Michael and the angels didn't feel that, that negative feeling, that sick feeling. I won't say that. But I will say that they shook it off. I will say that they recognized it for what it was, that it was wrong, and it was ill, and it was sickness. And they stepped away from it. Matter of fact, I envisioned them huddling closer to the Spirit of the Lord, getting closer to the presence of God. One time, 
Gene Sitzfeld and I were at a conference. We were in a store during the lunch break or whatever it was, some type of break from services, and uh, we were in this store, and we saw a preacher's wife that we knew, and of course, we said hello, and she said hello, and, and we were just so happy. Everything was good services, and everything was good. And so I asked her, I inquired, I said, and where's your husband? And she said, oh, said he's, he's in a meeting. He said, you know, they're, um, they're discussing, uh, you know, television. I believe that was the, the topic of their preacher's meeting that day. She said, but I don't care what they say. She said, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And right about that time, without matching notes with Senior Sitzfeld, we both begin to feel very sick. That's something that just come up all over us, slimy, sick feeling. And we just kind of nodded our heads at her a little bit, and we made our goodbyes, and we departed. And as we walked away, we got a little further away. I said, uh, how are you feeling? She said, I feel sick. She said, I feel nauseous. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I said, you know, that's exactly how I feel right now. And the further we got away from that spirit, as we prayed and walked away, the better we started to feel. I want to tell you, you want to get close to God here. You want to be on the right side. You want to you read and discern a spirit when it rises up and when it begins to try to affect you in an, and it will in a negative way. It will not bring goodness to your life. Goodness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is not a fruit of an unholy spirit. I told you many times people will say oh, that they have the spirit, and I'm like, yeah, you've got a spirit all right, but it's not a Holy Spirit. It's not of God. And as you grow in grace and knowledge, after that, you've repented of your sins, which everybody must do. After that, you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins, the forgiveness, the full pardon of all of your sins, which you must do because you must be born again of water. Being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ is being born again of water. Jesus said you must do that. And then as you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ enters into your heart and begins to speak through you as His Spirit gives you the utterance or the ability to speak forth the words of God. That's being born again of the Spirit, which you must do if you intend to be on the right side of things, if you intend to be standing with Jesus and Michael and the rest of the holy angels of God that have proven themselves to be true, faithful, and loyal, and honest, and righteous, if you intend to be among that number, if you intend to stand against these forces that are unholy and that went away from God, turned against God, and begin to go in a completely opposite direction from the plan and the program of Almighty God. If you intend, friend, to be with what's right, then you're going to be standing with Jesus Christ when the time came, when the crunch time came, even when it was looking pretty bad. Jesus was stretched out on the cross. He's heaving up and down. His heart is about to burst. And the Bible said, now there stood by him Mary, his mother. She's a type of the church. You're going to be in the church. You're going to stand by Jesus no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it may appear to you. He's right. His thinking is right. His word is right. His plan is right. You want to stand with the right, with the righteous. When the church was shown, it was a woman who was clothed with the sun, 
The moon was under her feet. The lesser law being the, the lesser light being the law. The greater light typified by the sun being the church in grace. The time in which we live. The crown of stars is the rewards that God has planned for his people. And uh, the scripture teaches that there appeared another wonder in heaven. And it was a great dragon, a red dragon. And that this dragon, that he wanted to kill the child of the woman. The church was going to have this birthing ability. And the, the church, the, the involvement here was going to be that there would be a man-child that he would rule the nations with a rod of iron. The Bible teaches that the dragon tried to destroy that child right from the very beginning, tried to destroy that child. And God was trying to show, the Spirit of the Lord was trying to show to John the Revelator what the enemy was about, that there was a, a destroying spirit, a destructive spirit, for he is the angel of destruction. That's what he does. He comes to destroy. He comes to tear things up. No matter how he does his little dance or his little jig or how he smiles or the words that he speaks, his slick little words and phrases, you better understand that the motivation behind that spirit is to destroy you. And I am telling you the God's truth. And that old devil, he began to try to pull as many as he could to influence as many of the heavenly host. And, and they, some of them, unfortunately listened to his spiel. And it was nothing but an empty scheme. And that's all that it is. There's not going to be anything there at the end. Somebody said one time about at the end of the rainbow there's a pot of gold. And somebody got there and they said there wasn't nothing but a pot of IOUs, just bills. That's all there was. It's not going to be anything right at the end of that fake and phony rainbow of the devil. That's nothing but a mirage. That's nothing but an illusion. That's nothing but a delusion. And you've got to awaken to the truth. You've got to awaken to righteousness and sin not, the Scripture said. You've got to wake up and say, I want to be on God's side. And it's going to cost me. It's going to mean that I've got to repent of my ways and my sin. I've got to turn from the wrong things. I've got to do things the right way. I've got to die to my flesh. I've got to realize that he came in the flesh. He came in the flesh so that he could condemn sin in the flesh. He's showing you it can be done through the power of the Holy Ghost through the name of Jesus Christ through the blood of the Lamb and so the scripture teaches down through history your Bible right there Bible history that there were constant times when people had to decide where they were going to stand were they going to stand by the Lord no matter how bad it looked what was there on the cross that was attractive? There was a crown of thorns. There was blood spewing from his head down his face, in his eyes. And uh, there was a body that had been beaten and with a cat of nine tails until his inwards were, were hanging out. There was spittle dripping off of him from soldiers who mocked him, made fun of him, and spit upon him. There were nails in his palms, possibly they say in history even a little lower in the wrist region, wherever they were there. And there was that which was in his feet driven through. And there was a spear that had pierced his side where blood and water came out. You must be born again of water and of the Spirit. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water so that you can have the blood that's in the name of Jesus Christ. And there wasn't anything particularly attractive or that you would want to look at, appealing. If anything, it was something that you might want to back away from. But the people of God, the true loyal ones, they drew closer. No matter what, the people that came by and wagged their tongues and made their mocking statements, if you be who you say you are, then get down off that cross, you know, 
they mocked. And the very thing that they were mocking, the very thing that they were saying was a spirit speaking through them because, of course, they wanted him off the cross. Of course, they wanted him to give it up. Of course, those spirits wanted him to quit because his death, that flesh's death on the cross was the sacrifice that would make the way for you, that would make the way for people all the way from that moment on until he returns for his church, the bride, was making the way of salvation, was giving to you. So, of course, the enemy by this time realized uh, something's wrong here. Something's not good. I think I got him where I want him. I got him on that cross. I got him backed up. I've got people believing what I'm saying. Look at them. I'm praying them by them. They're spitting on them and making fun of them and, and mocking in every way. Oh, I think I got it going in my way. But you know what? God's looking to see what you're going to do with your faith. God's looking to see how you're going to react. Are you going to distance yourself from God or are you going to draw near unto him and get closer to him? Are you just going to be one of the tongue waggers and have a lot of words or are you going to be somebody that's going to have a heart salvation, that your heart is going to draw near unto God? And everybody said amen. You've got to make up in Moses' time how that they came, and there were those that rose up, and they began to draw away from the leadership. They began to draw away from Moses. They began to draw away from the good and the right and the spiritual and that which was appointed by God, and they began to drift away from it. Then they got bold about it, and the, the more they drifted, the bolder they got. And then they, that's when you develop attitude. And as they did that, Moses warned them. And they tried to say that, Moses, who do you think you are? I tell you, the devil hates authority. I tell you, he hates authority. He hates the one that God places the authority in and on. They hate that. And these men and their families begin to rise up, and they begin to congregate together against Moses and against his leadership and against the program of Almighty God. And as they did so, Moses more or less drew the line in the sand. And he said, if you're going to be with God, then you come over here and you stay with this. And he said, and if not, I'm telling you, you better get away from them because God is about to do what God does. And I'm telling you, nobody can do it like our God can do it. And you want to be on the right side of things when God does it. You want to be close to the Lord when he does it. You don't want to be going uh, drifting away. You don't want to lose your anchor to your soul. You don't want to lose your moorings. You don't want to lose your reference point. You don't want to start losing the standards and the teachings of Almighty God. You don't want to start compromising and get fuzzy about how things are. You want to be like Mary. She stood by the cross. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they say. I know what's right and I'm going to stay with it. I'm not living for here. I'm living for the world to come. Amen. Amen. Not going to look at fleshly things. Not going to look at worldly things. Not going to get caught up in the amusements of this life. Not living for this life. You may be seated. As congregations turn over and as new people come in, and thank God for new growth and new people. And everybody said amen. Give God a big hand. We thank God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Brother Weekly said people, every service getting baptized, getting the Holy Ghost, people coming, and we're so happy and so glad. And I do wish that sometimes some of our young people would show that they're glad about new people. Everybody said amen. Nisha, stand up. And Jennifer, stand up. And little peanuts next to her, stand up. You turn around and look at the congregation. Stand up. Turn around. Don't be shy. Give them a big hand. Amen. 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 You know, God, you can be seated. God is interested in growth. God is interested in new growth. You know, it's going to come when spring is coming or when the season for the uh, farmers around here, they're, they're looking for new growth. They're looking for signs of new growth. 
They're anticipating that new growth. They're anticipating that harvest. How many people in this area are gearing up over the summer with one thing in mind, that it's coming harvest time. Pretty soon, we're going to be harvesting the crops around here, and things are going to be busy as a bee, and it's going to be good for everybody. It's going to be good for the economy. It's going to be good for everybody for this to take place and this to happen. We're happy about it. We welcome it. We're glad about it. We're not have our nose up in the air. We're not looking down and saying, oh, well, that's new stuff. Who wants the new stuff? You know? Oh, no. You're glad about it. You're happy about it. Amen. All it says about people who aren't happy about it is that they're extremely insecure. You know, you're just not sure of yourself. Well, you better start getting sure about Jesus Christ. He's given us the more sure word of prophecy. He's given us a sure foundation. We have the sure word of the Lord. This isn't maybe so. This isn't I think so. This thing is sure, my friend. This is solid. This is solid as the rock that's cut out of the mountain without hands. Amen. 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 Well, when Moses was faced with his situation, then God showed. God showed exactly where he stood on the thing. You show God where you're standing. Well, don't worry. God's going to show you where he's standing. And God's going to take care of business. And God's going to do the wondrous things that he does. He's such a mighty God. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. And I praise him. And you should praise him. Give him a big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that God has people and angels that stand up in time of trouble. Michael stood up in a time of trouble. And he stood up for the people. He stood up for the church. I'm so glad that there are those that the Lord has appointed that will stand up for what's right. Stand up for the spiritually correct things, for the righteous things, for the holy things. And that they're not going to be how many angels did Michael know that went with Lucifer. Huh? Everybody said amen. How many, how many people did those that stood with Moses know that went with Abram, Dothan, and Korah? They knew them. Some were family members. Sure they were. And they saw them go in the wrong direction. But they said, I'm going to stand with the right. I'm going to stand with Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Stop. All right. So you want to remember that God knows where you're standing. He knows your location. He knows what you're thinking. And he knows the motivations of your heart. He weighs the spirits. and He knows a, a just balance when he weighs things out. Hear me. He doesn't abide a false balance. He's not going to play those kind of games. The Lord's going to call the hand on people, and he's going to make them give an account. And somebody said the other day they, they were too far down the road and... Uh, advanced in age and getting too close to stepping to the other side. And uh, it reminded me of Grandmother Weekly. Somebody wanted to get Grandmother Weekly all involved with soap operas and stuff of that nature. And she said, oh, no. She said, I'm, I've come too far to get involved with that nonsense, that foolishness. Amen. Well, you better tell yourself at any age, you don't need to get involved with nonsense and foolishness of whatever kind it is. You want to be involved with the church. You want to be involved with God's truth. You want to be involved with what is spiritually correct. You want to stand close. Do you ever read in the book of Acts when it said about an individual, a man, that he and his family, his house, they joined hard to the church. 
You want to get right up against this thing. You want to do like John who became the revelator. And you want to put your head right near the heart of Almighty God. You want to hear his thump thump. You want to hear his heartbeat. You want to know what he's thinking, what he's doing, what the plan is. You don't want to drift away and get cold. You want to be red hot. Amen. You feel the coursing, throbbing blood of the Spirit going through the church, friend. It will fire you up. And that's what you want. You want that. Thank God. Thank you. You may be seated. When the church was given birth to Jesus, as I said, on the cross, you know, Jesus, to the, the very end of his natural life in the flesh because that's what died the flesh and the spirit withdrew from that flesh but just before that he was conscious and caring about everybody but he particularly made comment to those that were standing right by him and he looked at Mary, and he looked at John, who became John the Revelator, and he said, Woman, behold thy son, referring to John. And he told John, Behold thy mother. He knows how to take care of every detail. And the devil will try to make you doubt. He will try to make you panic. What you going to do now? You know, just like the two that were on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus had been crucified, and he had been taken and laid in the sepulcher. And, uh, of course, they thought it was all over. And the devil was telling them, it's all over. And the devil was just dancing all around and having his party. And uh, here's Jesus. All of a sudden, he appears to them. Now, their mind is so distorted by panic and fear and doubt and unbelief and worry. And they didn't even recognize him. And, uh, you know, Jesus is always moving forward with this program. We came from the law that came by Moses. We came to grace that came by Jesus Christ. And the old passed away, and, the, and behold, all things became new. And now we're headed to a new heaven and a new earth, because the first heaven, the old heaven, and the old earth is going to pass away. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And those former, those old things are also going to pass away. And he said, I'm going to make all things new. Take a good look. Behold, I make all things new. Oh, he's got so many good things in the wheel and so many things going on. And we're just trying to learn what's in his mind. So we want to stay close to him. We want to get close to him. We want to, you know, you can get caught up in so many things and so many plans. All of us can. But you've got to remember there is a daily ABCs that we all need to do. That we need to apply ourselves to spiritual things that are constants. They're, you're not going to speak any words, but what? They're going to have some vowels in them. They're, they're going to have uh, made up of our 26-letter alphabet, the ABCs. And one writer said we're going to move on from those beginnings in the church and the spirit. He said, this will do if God permits. Well, the only way God's going to permit us to move on is, number one, we've got to take the principles with us. We've got to take the ABCs with us because they are foundationary. They are of great importance if anything we're ever going to speak or do is going to make sense. So we've got to have that. So you don't, you don't want to lose things that you're taught from the very beginning. You want those things to be with you continually because they will help you to continue on. They will help you when the Lord who counts his worthies begins to recount his worthies. You want to be there. You don't want to just be there in the first counting you want to be there in the last counting. And everybody said amen. Well, give them a big hand again. 
So, the, so he gives his life on the cross. The flesh is now dead. But the spirit has withdrawn from that flesh and has a job to do. And three days later, the spirit wrecked the devil's party. Because three days later, long before dawn, he came up out of that grave. Victorious. Because all of a sudden, there was a tug. You ever feel a tug in the spirit? You know, I, I like to feel a tug in the spirit. But I'm, I, I, want it, I want it to be about the right thing. And, uh, but Satan was feeling a tug, and it wasn't good. And something was going out of his hand. Because the Bible said Jesus showed himself victorious over death, hell, and the grave and said he had the keys. He took the keys. You know, sometimes he has to take something back. Sometimes the enemy is just doing the wrong thing with things. Now, I'm going to tell you something you might want to be careful about. There's some things you can lose that you can never get back. You can never get it back. So the things that are of God and the things that are spiritual, we want to be very careful with those things. And I'm telling you, there's a stubborn old spirit that will get on you. and There's a nasty devil that will crawl up into your into your mind. Brother Weekly mentioned the miracle. And I thought the other day, and I told him when he told me what the doctor said, you know, for a doctor to acknowledge a miracle from God, that's a miracle. <laughs> that's a miracle. Amen. Amen. And I told him, this is what the Bible said, a notable miracle that none can deny. And if Ruth, it was written in the Bible that she was a virtuous woman and all the city knew that. Well, I want you to know that all the city knows what God has done. And I'm so glad for God to get the glory. Give God a big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But one of those three things, those three deadly things that could have taken Sister Mace's life one of them was a terrible infection, like a virus, and it went through the sinuses up into her, the linings of her brain. Didn't go to her stomach. It went to the linings of her brain. And I want to tell you, that old devil, he wants to put a sickness in your mind. He wants to get up there and disturb all the thought patterns. He wants to, to mess you up to the place that, like Sister Mace, she couldn't even lift a water bottle, couldn't even sip out of a straw, couldn't stand on her feet, couldn't roll over on her own, couldn't lift and hold up a hand. He just wanted to rob her of everything, all mental coordination, along with all physical coordination. But guess who's great? Guess who said, I'm coming? Guess who said, I'm going to give you back everything the devil's trying to take from you? Just stay close to me, no matter what it looks like. Stay close to me. Amen. 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 Oh, yeah. You may be seated. Hey, you know, under normal circumstances, I don't like for the saints of God to disagree with me. I mean, that's just a no-no. You don't do that. But, uh, but I was very happy to hear Sister Mace disagree with me when she was in that hospital. Because I was trying to break things down as fundamentally as I could to comfort her. And she's just laying there, you know. And I said, I said, Sister Mace, you have like the virus. No, 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 I don't have the flu. I don't have the virus. No, no, no. And she was disagreeing with me, and she was right. So what was I going to say? You know, I'm going to go into all the technicalities of things they're telling us that we don't even understand. So I was glad for her to disagree with me. I was glad because you know what that told me? It's working. 
God is putting some connections back together. We were praying. The whole church was praying. Well, I'm trying to tell you something. The devil wants to cause your whole thinking system to go haywire. And he wants you to lose direction. He wants you to lose your anchor. He wants you to lose your reference point. You better come back to Acts 2.38. You better come back to prayer, fasting, and study. You better come back to obedience. You better come back to what works. Come back to that. Amen. Those things work. The principles of the doctrine of Christ, they work. But I want to go on. I want this and I want... You better start with the right thing and check it and recheck it. Amen. Peter sure found that out, didn't he? That's you, Lord. Well, if that's you and you want me, come on, tell me, and I'll come. Old Peter steps out of the boat. God bless him, he stepped out by faith and he began to walk on water. But you know, when you ask God for things and God grants you, you better remember something, that the devil isn't going to be happy about it, that there will be forces. And the next thing you know, there was a wind come up and there was, there was all kinds of difficulties, all kinds of troubles. Anytime I do that, that means you go do that. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad we finally got that accomplished. <laughs> Everybody said Amen. Give God a big hand. You know, I just really don't do well with that duh look. Uh-huh. You know, I don't do good with that. You know. I like that alertness. So anyway, anyway, Peter began to sink when the storm came upon the distractions. And the devil, he doesn't want you to grow in grace and knowledge. He doesn't want you to be used of the Lord. He doesn't want you to grow in, in things of God. And so Peter was challenged at that moment, the wind and the waves, and he began to be distracted, and he panicked. And I'm not bashing Peter. That's something we pretty much all of us experience at some time or another. And threats come, and all kinds of things get hurled our way. And for different reasons, we begin to get concerned. We begin to get worried. Maybe we get our, our eyes, like Peter, off the Lord. And our concentration begins to drift. And as it drifts, we begin to sink. And that's what happened to Peter. He began to sink. But you know, the Lord is very kind and of tender mercy. And he, of course, reached down and he caught Peter. And he picked him up. And he brought him back to the boat back to the ship, back to the church, back to the place of solid footing. And I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to step out too far unless you're in the proper spiritual shape and you've got everything properly checked with the leadership or you're going to find yourself greatly distracted and sinking and it could cost you your eternal soul. You better stay humble. You better get humble. Because you might have to get humbled to achieve humility. And I don't want anybody to have to get a whooping. But sometimes it's for our own good, isn't it? It's what we need. The writer said, smite me. That's what the writer said. He said, it, it'll be an oil unto me. That's in your Bible. Right in there. Book of Psalms. Oh, yeah. You know, each day, and I'm very thankful, at six days a week, we've been having 6 a.m. prayer. And uh, we go to a little quick breakfast after that. We'll read a little bit from the Word of God. And... Uh, Things with giving thanks to God because His mercy endureth forever. He has done so many things. But I want you to know the word forever in your Bible does not mean eternal. You read your Bible enough, you, you pretty much come to that conclusion that forever and eternal are two different things. And so you might want to realize that there's going to be a judgment without mercy. Mercy right now, is out and running loose. The veil of the temple when Jesus gave up the ghost on that cross 
The veil of the temple was rent in twain. And God's glory and His power was made available through that crucifixion. We could come and we could touch the Lord and get His strength and get His mercy and get His anointing and get His victory. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know that there is one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And that one God caused that body to rise up again on the third day. And that wrecked the devil's party. That absolutely served notice on him that your little gig is up. It's over with. It's going to seem like to us it's going to be a long time. But in God's mind, it's just a short time. It's just a blink of the eye. And we're going to step into eternity. We're going to be caught up together with the Lord to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. But it's going to be for those that when he looks around, they're standing by him. They're close to him. They're not given to change, and they're not meddling into things that they shouldn't meddle into. Uh, they have uh, alarm systems in, in vehicles and uh, houses that when somebody uh, breaks that alarm system, uh, the field of it, that it will, some of them will cry out and say, intruder, intruder alert. Well, I want you to know the Bible uses the word intruding into things that they shouldn't. There are people that try to get in God's business. They want to get all up into God's business. And they want to, that spirit of the enemy wants to destroy and to wreck and to ruin the plan of God. But Jesus said, I got the keys. I've got the keys to this thing. Don't you worry about anything. There's nothing for you to fear. There's nothing for you to, what did the Bible say? Fret not. We'll leave the fret on the guitar and that's where it's going to stay. <laughs> Not going to get in our hearts. Not going to get in our minds. We're not going to worry. We're not going to panic. We're not going to get all unnerved here. We're trusting in our God. Blessed is that man or woman, boy or girl, that puts their trust in Him. And everybody said amen. Give them a big hand. Come on. So when Jesus... Showed himself. Now, how did, he, how did he show himself? He showed himself alive and with many infallible proofs. I tell you, people say things all the time and they have no proof. But people listen to them and they get all unnerved and get all worried and get all upset. Or, or maybe they get an attitude and that old flu-like spirit gets all over them. But there's no proof. Jesus. Jesus came through the wall, in the midst of them. And we got one guy been throwing his voice around. Well, until I put my hand in the nail prints, until I thrust my fingers into the spear inside there, he said, I ain't believing. Next thing you know, there's Jesus standing right from, oh, boy, and you've got to face it. And he's looking right at you, and you know you've run your mouth. You know you said it wrong and you did it wrong. And your attitude was wrong. And you were throwing your voice around, puffing out your chest. You know? Everybody said amen. And sure enough, I thank God he was at least tender enough in the presence of the Lord that he hadn't gotten so hard in his attitude, in his heart, that upon seeing Jesus, and being told, here I am. I got nothing to hide. Here I am. Go ahead. Go ahead. He just simply fell down. He fell down. And he simply said, my Lord and my God. For you and I to be so easily entreated, so easily moved by the presence of the Lord, that when the Holy Ghost is moving, you're not a, a stone. You're not some inanimate object. You're not a statue of some kind. 
and that your mind is way off somewhere else, but that you're in that service and you recognize the presence of the Lord and that you're not, as I said, sitting stonily, but that you're moved by the presence of God, that you are, you are thankfully feeling this good effect that gets rid of all the trash and the garbage of the enemy that moves it out of your mind and your heart and allows you to be free and to experience the freedom in the presence of the Lord and get what you have need of. <clears throat> I had a woman in a service one time. My pastor asked me to preach. I knew nothing. I just preached what the Lord gave me. And uh, as soon as service was open, this woman charged up and got Brother Dunn and followed him to the office and began to tell him all these different kinds of problems and things. And he said, well, he said, if you hadn't have been balancing your checkbook during service and clipping your nails and a hundred other things, he said, everything you're worried about and concerned about and asking me about, he said, Brother Fell just got done preaching on it. He said, the Holy Ghost just dealt with all of that stuff but you were too busy doing other things. You know, church is not a plaything. Church is not a joke. Church is not a place for you to sit with an attitude and to be show disinterested and that you're stepping away and drifting away. Church is a place where you better, and I'm telling you this, you better enjoy it while we're having it. You better enjoy it while we have not only the spiritual freedom, but we have in our country the freedom to worship him. Amen. There are people in countries that cannot clap their hands like that. They cannot lift their voice and magnify the name of Jesus because there are those that will kill them, imprison them. You hear me now. This happens in our world. I heard a wonderful testimony the other day a man uh, from India and they were having church and said that there was a boy and that he was a leper and that his mother was going to go to the church service and he wanted to go but as you know if you're a leper you're not allowed to congregate together with people and uh, he boy kept saying, if I could just go one time. He said, I, I won't want to go. I won't go back. I won't do anything. He said, I just want to go one time. And his mother kept telling him, you better not go. You better not go. And so she went in, on in and went to service. But the little boy went on in. And he's wrapped in rags. He's a leper. He has sores and blood and ooze and pus and gore all over him. And he, he goes into the service. And you know what's going to happen. The good God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob begin to move, friend. Jesus Christ was there. He's a church-going God. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name and on my highway, there's healing. And said that the power of God began to hit that boy. Only some people didn't know it. But he began to roll from one side of the building to the other, just rolling. And his mother was so afraid and fearful. And she was going, oh, there's going to be blood all over the walls and all over the floor and, and all that mess. And, oh, his rags are going to come undone and it's going to be a big problem and they're going to throw him out of here. But you know what? When God got done doing what he was doing, the rags didn't come off. And there was no blood and no pus and no gore. There was just a little boy that had been touched and healed by the presence of the Lord. And that little boy is now a preacher and he pastors two churches. I'm telling you about a God that you want to get close to, that you don't want to let the enemy imprison you because he don't have the keys anymore. Jesus said, I'm opening the prison door, and I'm getting the prisoners out of there. I'm bringing an anointing and a healing. This is the acceptable time of the Lord. Let's worship him while we can. Let's live for him while we can. Amen. 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 And that's not years ago. That's now. That's now. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
You've got people right here in this service that have had just as great and wonderful miracles in their lives. One guy told me one time he was upset because when we got new pews, we didn't put the ends on them. I didn't put the ends on them on purpose. And he spoke out exactly why I didn't put them on there without knowing it. The guy that was selling the pews, he said, you really don't need the things on the end. He said, the armrests on the end. He said, because all they're good for doing is leaning on them. And I said, exactly. And the guy said, the guy, the, the guy that was coming to church, he said, yeah. He said, I really like them. I like them. He's no longer with us. No, he, he didn't last too long. Matter of fact, he died a horrible death. And I wasn't happy about that. But, you know, he took that horrible attitude. He took that nasty attitude. He took that fighting attitude. And, uh, but all he could do in a service was put his chin on his hand and his elbow on the armrest. Well, I've moved the armrest. Everybody said, thank you, senior pastor. I don't want you falling asleep in church. I don't want you at ease in church. I don't want you kicking back in your attitude and it reflecting your body language. I don't want you carrying on little conversations. I don't want you carrying on a lot of little private things that people seem to carry on behind the scenes. And you think, but there's a God, and in His Holy Spirit, He can show what's going on, friend, in that imagination of your heart. You better wake up to whom we have to do with. We have to do with Him that said, I'm going to shout it on the rooftop, friend. Whether good or bad, it's going to be shown. Amen and amen. Let's get under that blood. So to conclude with you, because I feel like I could preach and preach and preach and preach and work on the building too right now. <laughs> and we do need to do both, don't we? Give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. But when Jesus gave birth to his church, Acts chapter 2, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They got there because they kept going closer to Jesus. And about 380 they went further away from Jesus. You hear me? They went further away. But the 120 about, they said, we got to get closer to Jesus. We're going to stand by his word. He is the word. We're going to stand by him. And they gathered together in that upper room, and they received just exactly the promise that Jesus foretold to them would come. And they would wait for it. And they obediently did, and they received it. The great gift of the Holy Ghost. And they had a beautiful outpouring of the Spirit that first day. They baptized 3,000 souls that day. And the Bible teaches you in the book of Acts as they went forth and kept going and kept going until God said, you know what, I think today I'm going to have to give you a little spanking. And he gave them a little spanking, a little waker up, a little push, a little pinch. And they said, we got to go somewhere here. Let's go to Samaria. Philip is going down to Samaria. And Philip showed you what an evangelist is really all about in God's eyes. And Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. Thank God for people that are taught right. You know, I told Senior Sister Feld, people have programs. You know why they have programs? Because programs have these little things on the end of their lives. And they can just kind of kick back. There's nothing spiritual to the program. It doesn't take a burden for the program. It doesn't take prayer for the program. A program, a program, a program. What we need is the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God. We need the healing touch of the Master's hand. That's what we need. Amen. We don't need mechanical. We don't need push a button. We don't need, woo, look at what they're doing. You know, there's going to be people come to town, they're going to mow lawns and paint paint houses. So what? Big deal. A couple of days later, the house is going to need painting again and the garbage is going to need to be picked up again. You know? The grass will be need to be mowed again. It's like the guy that went down to Australia at the bottom of the world. Said he had a big crusade and said 50,000 people made a decision for Jesus Christ. And the government issued a statement 30 days later and said, and none of them's changed. Everything's the same. That's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost changes people for the good. The Holy Ghost changes hearts. That's what the difference is. And we have the difference. We have that. And as the church went on to Samaria, 
and to other places. And that's why we're here today, because the church has kept on keeping on. The church stayed close to Jesus. The church kept on with the highway of God and the, and the, the landmarks and doing it correctly and not changing, okay? And not becoming worldly and ungodly. Oh, yeah. Not forsaking the things of God. And as the church did that and stayed close to Jesus and kept the principles of the doctrine of Christ, then I'm telling you from the book, from the Word of God, 1 John 2 and 19, there was a, an exposure that took place. There was a showing that took place. He said, they went out from us. And he said, and you know John was grieved about that, but the Holy Ghost told him they weren't of us. Their hearts weren't right. Their hearts weren't right. And it only takes one, Satan, right? It only took one to begin to evilly affect one-third of the heavenly host. They, they crossed over to the wrong one and the wrong side. And they found themselves, they placed themselves in opposition to the will of the Spirit. But Michael, Michael stood up. And Michael stood with the Lord. Michael, the Bible said, and his angels. Oh, friend, I want to know the difference between God's angels and Satan's angels. I want to know the difference and that's what the book said to Ezekiel. You teach my people the difference between good and evil. You teach them the difference between righteous and unrighteous. And so on and so forth. Contrasting, contrasting. And it should be, if you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in the church, and you're growing in it, and you're trying every day that you're fighting the good fight of faith, then you're going to have a, sharp, a sharpness in your mind a focus that you'll know the difference, and you need that. You'll have a discernment, and you'll need that, and that's one of the gifts of the Spirit, and the gifts are in the church, and you can pull up. You can pull up that gift of discernment, and you can access that, and you can know this is not of God. This is not right. This has the wrong spirit attached to it. I'll have nothing to do with it. I won't play footsie with it. I won't flirt with it. You might want to know, girls, that the word flirt actually means whore. It means hoe. So you don't want to be flirting. And nobody needs to be flirting with the devil. Nobody needs to be trying to play footsies with him and run up to the line and run up to the edge and try to get your foot across and play little footsies. You don't want to do that. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Somebody came and asked, uh, you know, is it all right if we, would it be all right if we just hugged? And I said, no, it won't be all right if you just hugged. Because the problem is it won't stay at a hug. So we're going we're gonna to save some things till we get married. We're going to do things the right way, the godly way, the spiritual way. And honest people, that's what they do. They come and ask. They come and check. They want advice. They want to they wanna make it. They don't want to mess anything up. They don't want to give any, anything to the devil. You know? We don't want to give him any space. We don't want to do that. Let's give God a big hand. So once again, in conclusion, 1 John 2 and 19, because this is the history of showing you what took I gave you the history from before the foundation of the world. I gave you history under the law with Moses. I gave you history of the new original church that Jesus Christ gave birth to. And I'm showing you that continued history, how what happened to them. And it said, they went out from us, but they, they were not of us. That's twice. For if they had been of us, that's three times. You know, it's, it's us or them. It's God or the devil. It's right or wrong. It's spiritual or carnal. And I'm telling you, the closer you get, just like 
coming out of Egypt, the more they got into that cloud, friend, the brighter the light was. And the more they were to the edge, the darker it was. You want to get in the center of this thing. You want to get close. There stood by the cross Mary, his mother. You want to get up close. Amen. For if they had been of us, fourth time, they would no doubt have continued with us. That's five times. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. I just want to keep you with me here. All right. And that they went out, for they went out, that they might be made manifest, clearly exposed, shown, demonstrated, that they were not of us, that they were not of us. But you remember what he said in the next verse. He said, but y'all, nice southern term I'll use, but y'all, he said, you have an unction, you have a channel, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And he's saying, you know these things. These things are clear to you. The, you're in the light. And if you'll walk in the light as he's in the light, you're going to have not just fellowship, because we don't want just fellowship. I don't want just any fellowship, church family. I want blood-washed fellowship. I want Holy Ghost fellowship. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.